Yo, what's going on? What's up? Yo, have you heard about Dogecoin? Nah, what's that? I don't know, but it's this cryptocurrency with a dog on it. We should buy it. Stick with Bitcoin, man. It's got a long-term track record all the way back to 2008. Okay, but what about that new Robinhood IPO? I mean, that thing is going to the moon. <laughs> you know what? I'm probably gonna buy that too. All right, bet. Hey, what's up? Hey man, did you pull out of your crypto yet? Nah, I was thinking about buying the dip. Okay, all right, I'll wait it out too. All right, bro, I am out. Hey, me too, man. This investing thing sucks. You wanna meet at Whataburger or something? Hell yeah. Right, I'm hungry, let's go. All right, let's go. New investors do this all the time. They see a new potential investment and then they get really excited about it. It doesn't matter if it's a cryptocurrency that's coming out, an IPO, an initial public offering of a company that's just coming on the stock market, or it might even be just an ad for something that you see on YouTube. Alexa, how many tablespoons are in a cup? There are 16 tablespoons in a cup. These are all cool things and they might actually be profitable for us, but how do we know? We can't predict the future. I certainly can't, and you probably can't either. But what we can do is look at the past. Let's look at the track record of the assets that we're considering investing in. Even venture capitalists who invest in unproven startups that sometimes don't even have revenue yet are looking at the founders and their track record of success in other areas or maybe with older businesses that they were a part of. In other words, it's all about the data. Cryptocurrencies might be the next big long-term investment, but with less than a 20-year track record as an asset class, that's not enough history for me to want to invest. So that's why I'm staying away from crypto right now. Stocks, on the other hand, have a track record of over 200 years of data that we can analyze and look at and see that there are actually great returns for stocks as an asset class. But we do also understand that individual stocks, which represent shares of individual companies, perform wildly different from each other. Let's look at a couple of examples. Microsoft, the software company, has been very successful almost since the very beginning. And we see that reflected in its stock price. Many people have gotten very wealthy off of this one stock. Another is American Insurance Group right here. And this may be a company you might not have heard of, but this was one of the biggest insurance companies at one point in America. And we can see that their stock actually performed pretty well for a long time. But then in 2008, we had this massive drop in the stock price. And that was because the company nearly imploded during the financial crisis of 2008. And stockholders really have not recovered since that time. But what is it that's driving these stock prices to behave so differently over this long period of time? Let's go ahead and look at just a little bit of data right now to compare. Okay, we're looking at Microsoft right now and we're looking at the financials here on the ticker terminal. This is the revenue of the company over the last five years. And we can see that from 2017 to the present day, they've been steadily increasing their revenue from an already very high base. And that just shows the scalability of software in general and also Microsoft's networks effects because they have software in so many businesses 
all over the world. So what they've done is they just have this very steady increase in revenue. Now, what we're going to do is contrast that with another business, AIG. Okay, if we look at AIG's financials, what do we see? Well, if we look at the revenue, total revenue, this is what we get. The business has not really been performing that well, and we're still many years removed from the 2008 financial crisis to begin with. And in 2017, they had $49 billion in revenue. 2021, $52 billion. So the business has been pretty stagnant. And we can see this reflected in the stock price charts that I showed a few moments ago, right? Microsoft has been going up and up over the long term, whereas AIG has more or less been flat and it's never recovered to what it was before 2008. We can see from the data that, at least in this case, stock price correlates with revenue growth. Here's Microsoft's cash from operations, and we can see a very similar trend. This is not only a business that's making a lot of money in revenue terms, but it's actually generating cash in the business all the way from 2017 up to today. And I expect that behavior to continue going forward. AIG, let's look at the operating cash here. The cash flow has been, well, actually it's been negative in three of the last five years. In 2020, they made a little bit of positive cash flow. And then last year they made a little bit more. So they're really kind of still getting on their feet as far as actually generating cash. And that's been reflected in the stock price. Here's a fact that I want you to learn as an investor, and I want you to never forget this, okay? You got it? Here it is. The value of an investment is based on the sum of all of its future cash flows. The value of an investment is based on the sum of all of its future cash flows. All right, make sure you remember that. This theory was created by a man named John Burr Williams, who wrote a book called The Theory of Investment Value all the way back in 1938, when this whole field of security analysis was just starting to form. So what this basically means is any investment is going to produce some kind of cash in the future. And you have to have some idea of what that actually is, because how else are you going to value it today? With cryptocurrencies, I can't predict the cash flow because I don't know how it's going to be valued in the future. Maybe people will be very bullish on crypto in the future. Maybe they'll be very bearish. I just don't know. Similar thing goes with initial public offerings. Initial public offerings often get a lot of play because there's these new exciting companies. They're growing really fast. Yeah, let's buy it. Let's buy it. But they're usually very risky. And in fact, Jeremy Siegel, the professor at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, did a comprehensive study of initial public offerings and studied over 9,000 stocks from 1968 to 2003. And he found that four out of five initial public offerings end up underperforming their small cap indices. So basically, most IPOs kind of suck for investors who buy them. <laughs> Are all IPOs bad? No. Is all crypto bad? No. But geez, at least understand what you're getting into by looking at the data. The beautiful thing about this concept of cash flow from John Burr Williams is that it can be applied to any asset, not just stocks. It can be applied to farmland. It can be applied to buying and investing in art. It can be applied to real estate. Real estate produces rents for its owners, right? And it also grows in values over time. Farmland produces crops. It yields crops that can be sold and then processed to make food. Artwork, well, we may not know exactly what a piece of art is going to be worth, but if you gave me an Andy Warhol for 20 bucks, I'm probably going to buy it because I know that the perception of the value of that piece of art is way higher than $20. So here's what you need to do when you're considering investing in something and say you don't know much about it. 
ask yourself these questions. Number one, what is the long-term track record of the general asset class of the thing I'm thinking about investing in? So if you're thinking about crypto, research crypto. If you're thinking about stocks, research stocks. The second question I want you to ask yourself is where does the cash come from? With any investment, there has to be some source of cash from somewhere. In the case of real estate, maybe there's tenants paying a lease. In the case of stocks, maybe it's a business making profits. And the third question I want you to ask yourself is, how likely is this stream of cash going to grow in the future? Now, in the case of stocks, we look at how fast the profits of a business we think are going to grow. So think about how this cash flow is growing or how the capital value of the asset you're going to purchase is going to be growing. As investors, we have to think about these things. It's really important. Just please, please don't buy meme stocks. Just don't be one of those people. We can do better as investors. We can do the research and look at the data. All right? I believe in you. You got this.